Catherine the Fake, the fraudster who conned her way around rural Ireland. She's evil. I mean, she's ruined so many people's lives. She was a very strange individual. A very strange person. I could have called stop at any time, but I was afraid. She's like an eel, always moving around. Nobody will ever catch her. She's very clever, cunning, manipulative person. Flores turned fraudster Catherine O'Brien has left a trail of destruction in her wake, and now she is being hunted by Gardaí. I'm Anne Murphy, and this is Catherine the Fake, an Irish Examiner investigative podcast. In this episode, When in Rome, we reveal how Catherine O'Brien brought one of her marks to an audience with Pope Benedict in the Vatican. The expense of St. Peter's Square in the Vatican is synonymous with elections of popes, Easter ceremonies and the weekly audiences with the pontiff. It is one of the most recognisable sites in the world and is top of many dedicated Catholics' wish lists of places to visit. Few, though, can expect to have a private audience with the Pope of the day. But alleged fraudster Catherine O'Brien is among those few. And it is a moment which she has used a number of times since to show new acquaintances how strong her connections were, including all the way to the Vatican. Her visit there in 2008 was an occasion during which she wasn't shy of photographs, something which acquaintances say is one of her key characteristics today. But a photo of herself with Pope Benedict taken during her visit to the Vatican is one which she has shown to new acquaintances in the years since. One person who met her years later and to whom she showed the photo believes he was lucky enough to see it because she wanted to persuade him that she was a woman of worthy connections leading all the way to the world's smallest but influential state. Catherine's link in the Vatican was her brother, Monsignor James O'Brien, who served in the Congregation of Divine Worship. Now serving in the Cloyne Diocese, he did not want to comment about his sister when contacted by the Irish Examiner. Acquaintances and former friends of Catherine say she showed immense pride in her brother's prominent role in the upper echelons of the Catholic Church. One acquaintance recalls her 2008 visit to the Vatican, which followed an O'Brien family celebration, which was attended by Catherine with a new but apparently close friend, Mary O'Shea from Stradbally in West Waterford. Arising out of that celebration, the Waterford woman was invited to travel to the Vatican with Catherine for a meeting with the Pope, something which Mary was greatly looking forward to. An acquaintance of both women described the visit as an incredible uplifting experience for Mary, as it came after a very tough time for her. She was given the best news she could have hoped for before embarking on the trip to Rome with Catherine, that a tumour which her medical team had been fighting had shrunk and that she was in remission after being diagnosed in 2005 with cancer. 
after a long battle to get into remission. Mary was on a high and the trip to the Vatican was a welcome one after all she had been through. Accompanying Catherine on the visit was a sign of how close the two women had become in the four years since Mary had first met her socially, during a visit to Catherine's home with mutual friend Nicola Minahan. That first meeting with Catherine was a fleeting one, and Mary wasn't to know that day in late 2004 that the two children she met during that visit would become almost like grandchildren to her. The two women did not meet again until 2006, running into each other in an auction room in Waterford. Bonding over what appeared to be a shared love of antiques, the two women spent a lot of time together that day, leading to what appeared to Mary at least to have been a firm friendship. Indeed, the relationship has been likened by a relative of Mary as being something similar to that of a mother and daughter. Similar too to the relationship Catherine had with Mary's friend Nicola Minahan. People close to them realised that Mary felt protective towards Catherine and had a grandmotherly relationship with Catherine's children. Indeed, there were times when Mary addressed Catherine in similar ways to how she addressed her own children and relatives became aware of the strong bond which was growing between them. And as time went on, they saw each other regularly. Mary enjoyed her times with Catherine, who appeared knowledgeable about art and antiques, just like herself. The four decades that divided them in age appeared not to matter. They were in contact almost daily, and soon Catherine turned to Mary for help on the financial front to the concern of members of Mary's family, but not to Mary herself. She was happy to be able to help out Catherine and her two young daughters. It seemed that Catherine was doing well and when Mary was first asked to help her in 2007, the older woman was happy to do so. There was nothing that caused alarm bells to ring as she believed that she knew and could trust Catherine. She agreed to give a short-term loan of €1,500 to Catherine who promised to repay her. While waiting to be repaid, Mary received a second plea for help, this time to the tune of €2,593, which Catherine said she needed to be paid to someone in a hurry. Around this time, Catherine's plans to open a convenience store in Dungarvan, where she lived, were also getting underway. But more money was needed as a sale of land in Mallow was not finalised and Catherine did not have the funds without that sale going through. Another loan of €52,000 was secured from Mary for a deposit on the property in Dungarvan, on condition that 5% interest would also be paid. But just one week later in May 2008, a further loan of €69,000 was provided by Mary to pay a financial judgment made against her friend as well as a further €3,500 for legal fees, which were also required. In that instance, a relative of Mary's ensured that a loan agreement was drawn up and it was drafted by Catherine, who Mary knew had an interest in law and legal matters anyway. Vast volumes of law books greeted any visitors to Catherine's home in Ungreenon in Ballon Road over the years. They were a reminder of Catherine's few years studying law. The knowledge she secured during those years and from her vast legal book collection 
helped her gain a strong enough understanding of legalities to help persuade many acquaintances over the past 20 years that she could help them in any matters involving legalities or dealing with establishment organisations such as Gardaí or government departments. After Mary's financial rescue of Catherine, the relationship between the two women continued to strengthen, despite the concerns of people close to Mary. As the acquaintance who spoke to the Irish examiner related, Catherine regularly visited Mary's home, appraising the older woman of many happenings in her business life. In the months after those financial transactions, came a visit to Buttevant in the summer of 2008 to join Catherine's family for a celebration. Two months later, the duo were on their way to the Vatican at a time when Mary's health woes had lifted. But for Catherine, financial matters appeared to be once again a problem after they returned from Rome. The sale of the shop in Dungarvan was not gone through and she moved to reassure Mary that she would not let her lose her €52,000 deposit. It was a niggle though at the back of Mary's mind as she prepared for her second holiday that year, a two-month visit to Hong Kong and New Zealand with her daughter and son in November. As she was preparing to head away, Catherine told her of new financial worries, this time relating to stock from a cash and carry for which Mary agreed to write another cheque. This one was for €50,000. Catherine was apparently financially dependent on her from what Mary could see. On this occasion again, Catherine's legal expertise assisted her in her handling of the situation after Mary insisted that a loan agreement would be drawn up before Mary was due to head on holidays with her family. The handwritten agreement seen by the Irish examiner was signed by Catherine on November 5th, 2008 and was also signed by Mary O'Shea. In the agreement, Catherine acknowledged that she owed €130,000 to the older woman. To whom it may concern... I, Catherine O'Brien, a person of 18 years and over, on this, the 5th day of November 2008, acknowledge the following in writing. I acknowledge that I owe Mrs. Maura T. O'Shea the amount of €130,000, this sum to be discharged together with interest of currently at 5%, to run from the 15th of May 2008 until the settlement date. A copy of this personal undertaking will be held at Bo O'Brien Solicitors, number one, the key, Waterford, until the discharge is made. I have read the above and am happy to sign same, this the 5th day of November 2008. Catherine O'Brien. But the ink was scarcely dry on the agreement before further funds were transferred to Catherine. Nine days later, an interbank transfer was made from Mary's Anglo-Irish bank account to the tune of €36,500 while Mary was on holiday. By then, the full amount that Mary had lent to her relatively new friend was just over €215,000. So what was so urgent that Mary had to organise a bank transfer for to Catherine while she was away? The stricken Buttevant woman contacted Mary in the middle of a Hong Kong night on November 13th, 2008, to tell her that her vehicle had been seized and she pledged it was a mistake but she needed funds in order to get the vehicle back before it would be sold. 
She was to repay the money to Mary's account shortly afterwards, but she never did. Ten days later, members of Mary's family at home became aware that Catherine was a serial debtor when a newspaper printed details of judgments made against her over the previous decade and Mary made regular requests to Catherine to repay her the money she owed, even though Catherine had managed to convince her that the newspaper article detailing the list of judgments was not correct. On Christmas Eve 2008, Mary received a Christmas present of sorts when Catherine lodged a cheque to Mary's account for the amount of €38,400 while Mary remained on holidays. However, in the early days of 2009, that cheque bounced and promises by Catherine to repay her never materialised. Despite the growing concerns about the failure to pay, Mary returned home to Stradbally from her holidays with presents not just for her own family but also for Catherine and her two young daughters. As an acquaintance says now, Catherine's daughters were as significant in Mary's life as if they were her own grandchildren. But after her return, things were never the same again. After one meeting following her arrival home, Mary never met Catherine again and attempts to meet her children were rebuffed too. With support from relatives, Mary began legal steps in an effort to get her money back. But she was not alone. Also trying to get their money back were Bank of Ireland and a local plumber in Waterford. The High Court heard in 2009 that Bank of Ireland had advanced a loan to Catherine for €785,000, using as collateral a land bank in Mallow for which she gave a value of €3.6 million. However, Bank of Ireland's legal team claimed that the lens were worth only €100,000. The claim was made during an application by the bank for a court-appointed receiver over funds of €365,000, which the bank claimed it was entitled to, but could not access because of an account freezing order. The previous month, the High Court had granted orders in favour of Mary O'Shea, which legally restrained Catherine from reducing her assets below €215,000, the sum she had borrowed from Mary but had never repaid. The court had also ordered against reducing the value of a deposit of €350,000 which was being held in a solicitor's firm. An affidavit in that case stated that Mary had become attached to both Catherine and Catherine's children as her own grandchildren lived overseas. The affidavit also stated that Mary had been influenced by the time and affection given to her by Catherine. The following extract is how one newspaper covered the court case at the time. A High Court judge has said legal actions by several parties alleging they are owed hundreds of thousands of euro by a Waterford businesswoman will be dealt with once and for all this week. On Monday, Ms Justice Mary Lafoy adjourned to today, Wednesday, all proceedings by the parties including Bank of Ireland, a retired woman and a plumber, against Catherine O'Brien on Greenawn, Ballon Road, County Waterford. The judge was told Ms O'Brien, said to run a supermarket at Abbeyside, Dungarvan, could not attend court because she had been in a road traffic accident over the weekend and had only been released from hospital early yesterday. In its proceedings, Bank of Ireland has claimed it advanced Ms O'Brien a loan of €785,000 
on security of lands valued at 3.6 million euro when the bank claims the lands were bogland with an actual value of up to 100,000 euro. Last September, the bank secured judgment against Miss O'Brien for 845,000 euro plus costs. The bank is now seeking to have a receiver appointed to administer a sum of 365,000 euro alleged by the bank to be held in the client account of a County Waterford-based firm of solicitors. The bank claims it cannot access the monies due to an account freezing order. Robert Beatty for the bank previously stated the money was lodged by Ms O'Brien with the solicitor's firm and that it related to the alleged sale of 10.5 acres of lands at Clover Hill, Mallow County Cork, which was offered as security for the loan. The lands were to be sold, but the proposed sale never went through and the loan was not repaid, he said. The bank was initially furnished with a valuation of 3.65 million euro for the lands, but after its own investigation, the lands, described by council as bogland, were estimated as worth between 80,000 to 100,000 euro. In separate proceedings last month, the High Court granted Marie O'Shea, 73, Nunnery Lane, Stradbally, orders restraining Catherine O'Brien from reducing her assets below the value of 215,000 euro or reducing the value of the deposit of €350,000 currently being held by the solicitor's firm. David Kennedy, senior counsel for Ms O'Shea, said she was befriended by Ms O'Brien in 2006 and had loaned Ms O'Brien various amounts of money on a number of occasions between June 2007 and November 2008. Ms O'Shea was informed she would be repaid those monies from the proceeds of the sale of the land in Mallow. Ms O'Brien had also told her, no matter what transpired, Ms O'Shea would be paid from the deposit monies held in the solicitor's account. In an affidavit, it was stated Ms O'Shea became quite attached to Ms O'Brien and her children, as Ms O'Shea's own grandchildren live overseas. It was claimed Ms O'Shea, who has had health problems, was influenced by the attention, affection and time afforded her by Ms O'Brien, when she agreed to loan substantial sums of money to her over a period of time. In her proceedings, Ms O'Shea is seeking judgment for €215,093 against Ms O'Brien. Another successful application was brought by a Waterford plumber, Roger Mee, who sought an interim injunction preventing Catherine from lowering her assets below €100,000. He had given her a loan of €90,000 on the condition that she would repay it with €10,000 interest, which she failed to do. On June 17, 2009, a court order against Catherine ordered that she pay a total of €289,194.47 to Mary, a sum which included what she had borrowed from Mary as well as interests and other costs. However, by the time of Mary's death in 2016, the money still had not been paid. The issue was up in court in Dungarvan again just three years ago when an instalment order was granted in favour of Mary's estate. Her once great friend Catherine failed to turn up for the hearing. In her absence, the court ruled on December 4th, 2019 that 290,000 €184.72 was to be paid by Catherine to Mary's estate at a weekly rate of €10,000. 
This document is an installment order made by the district court. If you fail to make a payment due under this installment order, a further summons may be issued against you to attend before the district court, which may lead to your being arrested and imprisoned for a period of up to three months. Whereas, 1. The court is satisfied that the debtor was duly served with a summons dated the 18th day of September 2019 to attend before a sitting of the district court today for examination as to means. 2. The debtor did not attend for examination today in accordance with the said summons. 3. Having heard what was said today on behalf of the creditor, the court hereby orders that the debtor Catherine O'Brien of 28 on Grianon Ballon Road, Dungarvan County Waterford, in the above court district, must pay the creditor the balance due for debt, costs, expenses and interest under a judgment of the High Court dated the 17th day of June 2009, together with the costs of these proceedings. The balance due under the judgment in favour of the creditor, £289,000, €194.47. The amount awarded for the costs of these proceedings, €990. Total due by the debtor, €290,184.72. The total due to be paid by the debtor in the following manner, that is to say, by weekly payments of €10,000 per week, the first payment to be paid 14 days after service of the instalment order on the debtor. Dated this 4th day of December 2019. In the weeks before the hearing, she emailed the legal team representing Mary's estate, saying she was waiting for forms to fill in a statement of means. She said she had engaged with a personal insolvency practitioner who she said would be applying for a protection order in respect of her. With reference to court papers sent to my home at Ongrenaud, I am still awaiting the forms for me to complete a statement of means. I would be very grateful if you could either post or email me same. I am also requesting an adjournment of this case to allow me to file the statement of means. She had requested an adjournment of the hearing in her correspondence to Mary's estate's legal team. However, the hearing went ahead as planned on December 4th, before Judge Terence Finn. Following the case, the summoned server was not able to serve the instalment order on Catherine, and the case came back before the court in September 2020, where a summons was issued by the presiding judge for Catherine's failure to respond to summonses or the court order. On that occasion, she provided a medical reason why she could not attend in court. Eleven months later, the case was again listed, but at that hearing, it was heard that Catherine's whereabouts were unknown. At that point, the legal team representing Mary's estate outlined to her administrator that there was little prospect of progressing the case until the whereabouts of Catherine O'Brien could be established. To this day, the whereabouts of the infamous Cork woman are still unknown to the vast majority of people who thought they knew her, but who now realise that they really didn't. <laughs> 